0: Here to discuss all things NRL, AFL, and anything sports-related, please give a warm Aussie g'day to the footy fanatic and America's own Corey Jackson in Outside the Sheds. Greetings, salutations! Hold it, hold it, and welcome to Outside the Sheds. I am your host, Corey Jackson. To others, to some, you're Shed Adamus. And folks, we're five days away from me being able to use that name again. Shed heads, I'm excited. I know you can tell by my voice, my excellence. I am ready. I am ready for the season. I cannot believe next Thursday night, Friday morning, depending on where you're at, that we get to watch Broncos, Rabbit toes, let's get it on, let's throw some haymakers. And that's what we're going to get. I'm excited. I just, you know, I, I, I know that last year, 2020, was different for everybody. Oh my God, was it? It was different for everybody. Um, and like I said, I hope... You know, all of us who are listening, you guys, shedheads that are listening right now. Hopefully, that was just a matter of you guys. Uh, how should I say, having your day-to-day life or operation being, I don't know, made uncomfortable or not made normal, and no one lost any family members or loved ones. I know this has been a tough time uh, in a lot of ways, but because of that, the season just finished. What in mid-November? So, you know, a lot of the guys, by the time the season finished with with the state of origin, there were teams already back training together. So we didn't have a lot of a, 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 a downtime or off period. And that was very new for everybody. You know, for us the fan for us the the people that you know make this you know a profession something that we love whatever you want to call it and just normal fans you know we really didn't have that downtime because all of a sudden we were kind of looking at what your teams were going to do or or what uh, transactions were going to happen who's going to retire who was going to stay all that type of stuff so it's been very very fluid very very quick uh, and we're here again we're here again not just for rugby league but you know, last night we we've got some some key some key players in the game going toe to toe last night for some AFL preseason, which we'll get into a little bit later. But it is just, it's you know, I think we we better all get used to shed heads. That I know everyone was so excited to get to twenty twenty one, and yes, things are getting a little bit better. We have a leadership in some parts of the world now, but but they're still idiots. For one, and two, this isn't going to be like, you know, 2019. It just isn't. Not for a while. Um, I know some parts of this world, and, and you, we know who we're talking about. Some of the people we're talking about right now are going to be able to have full stadiums or, or half full stadiums. And over here in America, we're happy at 10%. We love our 10% stadiums, but I don't want to wear my mask. Anyway, um, so yeah, it's 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 different. But I am excited to see full crowds again. I'm excited for next weekend. I think it's going to be a great match. But let's stop right there. Hit pause. Let's stop right there. Because as we go into 4020 this week, we're going to talk about one of those clubs right now. And I told you when we when I ended the when I ended the uh, the podcast last week that I was excited for the charity shield. I was excited to see Latrell and. And, and the boys take the field. And I was excited to see what Anthony Griffin's Dragons were going to do. Because they were going to come up against a juggernaut. And I think as we watched the All-Stars game and we saw how Latrell Mitchell and Cody Walker and Benji Marshall and all those guys looked and how they played and and how South Sydney has not brought, knock on wood, any injuries into this season where guys are coming back healthy. Guys aren't coming into the season uh, banged up or, or with any corkies or any type of injury. So it was going to be tough for St. George, right? It was going to be tough. We all thought it was going to be tough, but I was interested to see how they handled it. Well, how do we say this nicely? The great Mr. Miyagi used to say something, Daniel-san, wax on, wax off. Well, there was some waxing that happened at the Charity Shield. And that was the Rabideaus waxing St. George. I can't even... I, I, I'm just hoping that was your, not your first rugby league match that you watched. Because I don't want to say that it was boring. But after, after a fighter gets knocked down five times in the first 20 minutes of a fight, they stop that fight. Unfortunately for St. George, after 20 minutes, they still had another 60 minutes to get knocked down, beat up, taken to the curb, taken under taken under the surf, drowned a little bit, brought back up for air. It was brutal. It was violent. It was brutal. And whoo! I couldn't believe what I was watching. Um, and I knew, you know, we've heard all the pundits say that South Sydney is the team to beat maybe this year. I think a lot of people think it's going to be South Sydney, it's going to be Penrith, it's going to be the Melbourne Storm, even though there's some you know, some major um, pieces missing in Melbourne this year. But I think a lot of people feel, and I think you can't say the Roosters aren't going to be there. The Chooks will be there too. So you, you have to feel that those four teams are going to be you know, the four teams that everyone is kind of looking at. And, you know, I know, thank God Ricky doesn't have my home number because Icky would be all over me that I didn't mention uh, the Raiders as well. The Raiders will be there too. So I I really see five or six teams really being elite and everybody else just trying to get in to, you know, get those last two or three playoff spots to see what they can do. Because the, the elite groups are elite. And I, after what I watched last week, my top team easily going in is the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And my boy David Lindsay, the voice that introduces me every week, I know he's got to be giddy because I think he knows uh, what his South Sydney Rabbitohs have for the rest of the competition this, league, this week, this year. Uh, the boys from Redfern looked incredible. They, they just looked unstoppable. I'm saying in the first half, Latrell had one try and three assists. Cody Walker had a hat trick in, in an eight-minute period of time. They were buzzing. They were, you know, I know it's a big match, the Charity Shield, because it really is, like I told you guys uh, the last couple of weeks, the Charity Shield is kind of the kickoff to make everyone know that we're right there for the season about ready to start. But, man... You know, I, I South Sydney is—they are going to be tough to beat, and I—and they may be one of those sides that, if they don't get an injury, a key injury during the season, I don't know—I don't know who really can stop them, if they play the way they can play, and that is scary, because you know you look at Latrell, and Latrell always looks like he could do a few more ab crunches. He always looks like he's carrying around a little bit of baby fat. But he's a beast. I'm saying he's a freak of nature. He's an imposing threat. He's physical. He's got skill and then more skill and then more skill. Uh, And he just looked like he was a man playing with boys. He really did. He just looked like he was so so much more classy out there than the players that he was playing against. And there's some good players for St. George on the other side. You know, I know we're going to be, four weeks into the season, we're going to already be talking if Ben Hunt should go back to dummy half. I know this already. But, but but they had no answer. They had no answer. And they're lucky that South Sydney didn't put them under the sword 60 to 16. Because it was, it, it, you know, the match ended up 48 to 16 bunnies. And it wasn't even that close. It really wasn't even that close. I, You know, I, I some of the most passionate fans in rugby league or St. George Illinois fans, the Dragon Faithful, the Red V, they are a passionate fan group and a passionate fan base. And I know that they feel like they just can't get a break over the last couple of seasons. But boy, Anthony Griffin's got his hands full because... These two matches that they've played to start this season, uh, preseason matches, they've looked a little out of sorts. Um, And I know a lot of people are expecting some big things from Corey Norman and Jack Bird this year. And you just hope Jack gets through the season healthy because he's a hell of a talent. And I just want to see him be able to stay out on the field. And he's just been so snake bit with injuries the last couple of seasons. But man, they just, you know... They've lost some key pieces going into the season. And, you know, Anthony Griffin is known as a coach that can kind of rub people the wrong way at times. And you just hope for his for his benefit that they don't come out of the box going 0-2 or 0-3. And and then he's got to sell people that his vision is going to work and that he doesn't become too biting to his players because you just don't want to see, you know, that type of a transition of power go bad, and it could, it could, I'm hoping not, but St. George hasn't shown me a lot right now for me to feel that they're just going to all of a sudden flip a switch, and they're going to come out of the gates running uh, week one, so we'll see, but uh wow, rugby league fans, NRL fans, but most importantly, South Sydney fans, get ready for this season, because I think, I think you guys are elite, and that is putting it mildly. So that's how we start off this week uh, with, with uh, the 40-20 and, and, and outside the sheds. We talk about the domination of South Sydney. Uh, so they get ready for old Rusty Crow and, and the boys to put some thumpings on, on some teams this year. Switching to that other team that I told you about, one of those four or five favorites to maybe lifting the trophy at the end of the season, the Melbourne Storm have run into a little bit of a problem because Harry Grant, Picked up an MCL injury uh last week in their preseason match against Newcastle. It was a victory, 30 to 10 for the boys for the storm. But an MCL injury to Harry Grant means he's probably missing the first month of the season. And wow, boy, that's not what Melbourne really wanted. That's not what Belly Ake is, is asking for because Cameron Smith isn't gonna come walking through that door. And and if 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 the words that Cameron Munster just said a couple days ago that he sees that he sees Cameron Smith playing on one more season, but it just won't be with Melbourne. That means now that the Wombat, Brandon Smith is gonna be your 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 dummy half hooker until Harry Grant gets healthy. And and luckily, I guess Brandon Smith didn't force his way out of Melbourne because you guys would really be in trouble, Storm fan, if you did not have The Wombat there. The hectic cheese, as some people like to call him as well. But that's going to be tough. I'm saying so now that means Harry Grant comes back week four. Unless he pushes it and comes back week three. And now he's got to get back up to match speed. So that means that really we might not be seeing the best Harry Grant till week six. You know, possibly week six for him to get his legs back into match fitness and match play. And I know he's really had aspirations to play State of Origin, too. So, you know, that's not the start of the season that I know the bellyache was was hoping for with a with a key injury like that. Well, let's hope that Harry heals up quick. And, and, and best case scenario, we see him in week three and he's he's firing on all cylinders. But an MCL injury, you just don't know, you know. We watched Cameron Munster last year. He just couldn't get that knee correct and he just kept carrying that injury with him and you know and finally he goes down again injured again. So hopefully Harry Grant bounces back, but that is going to be something to watch. Speaking of state of origin, good news for all the South Australians there because your guys turnout in Adelaide has prompted the NRL and Rugby League to say, guess what, let's run it back again. Because in 2023, Adelaide Oval is going to host another State of Origin match. And that's really cool, because I know there's been a big push down for, for a rugby league team to be in South Australia. And I know it's always been a fight between four places. Western Australia, Perth area, South Australia, Adelaide, Brisbane getting their second club, and then New Zealand getting their second club, maybe in Wellington, maybe South Island. But those are the four destinations that the next NRL club is going to go to. But I think what we're going to see is that a club is going to get named, and then within two years of that club being named, we're going to get another team. So they may get a team across the ditch in, in New Zealand if if they have the right Power brokers and money to back it, but that is really really good news. Um, it would be nice to see a full Adelaide Oval because they were only able to play it p- excuse me play at fifty percent capacity for that state of origin match because of COVID. So it'd be nice to see 60,000 people at Adelaide Oval to be able to watch a state of origin match because South Australians are some passionate people. You know, you can ask Crows and Power fan. You know what a what a what a clash of those two teams coming together at Adelaide Oval is like, and that's what you can experience at state of origin. I know Robbie Farrer has been really, really excited about being able to come down there and and experiencing a state of origin match with a full capacity crowd. So it looks like we're going to get that because hopefully I'm not knocking on wood again, because I might be doing it the rest of the podcast, but hopefully by 2023 we have full stadiums again. So, Congratulations Adelaide. Uh and and I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys do in 2023 with the next uh with your next hit out at State of Origin. Speaking of young players like Harry Grant, another one of these one of these young teenage all-stars that are coming up is is Bradman Best uh, up for the Newcastle Knights. And this 19-year-old all-star just got done re-inking a deal to keep him up in the Hunter until at least 2024. And I know that's big because I think he is going to be a big key centerpiece, literally a center, but a, a big piece for, for the team going forward. And I think they're hoping with him uh, and, and in some of the younger talent that's coming up, Kalen Ponga, some of these guys that they're thinking possibly that, you know, Newcastle because, you know, Mitchell Pierce, He's not at the beginning of his career by any means, and, and he's just taken a pretty big drastic pay cut to stay up in the Hunter to play some good footy for Newcastle, showing his allegiance. But that is a big signing, because I know a lot of the bigger clubs were thinking about trying to come in and poach Bradman best. So congratulations, Newcastle, for, for really getting a guy that I think can be a real, literally again, a centerpiece for your, for your team going forward. I love talking contracts because that's what we get to talk about right now because, you know, we don't have a lot of matches to talk about. And I'm not a big guy. I don't really talk much about preseason. I don't talk much about preseason over here in the States when you talk about preseason basketball, preseason NHL, preseason baseball, preseason NFL. Because to me, I don't know how many times a team has gone unbeaten in the preseason and then can't find their you-know-what to start the regular season. So it's not a big thing for me. I, I think my biggest thing is to see who comes through preseason healthy and what teams come through preseason without any niggles or injuries. But that being said, some big contract talk is some excitement because that is your foundation, your club for the next three, four, five seasons. And I told you last week that the, the, the Warriors were really coming hard for Jerome Hughes. And I thought that was going to be a big pull with Jerome Hughes if he wanted to stay on target with what he's put together down with the Melbourne Storm, or would he be called back home? Because a lot of people don't know this, but Jerome Hughes is a Kiwi. And there's always that draw and that pull to go back to your home country and to defend the island, as they say, my Hawaiian brethren say, defend the island, defend Hawaii. And, 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 the, and the New Zealand people, the Kiwi people, are some passionate, passionate people. So, you know, I didn't know it was going to happen. Well, we know now. Jerome Hughes has inked a deal to stay with the Melbourne Storm until at least the end of the 2024 season. So that is a big coup. That is a big, big coup for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, the big talk now is if Bellyache is really, really going to leave. And it sounds like Craig Bellamy is leaving at the end of this season. We don't know where he's going. But we know that the Melbourne Storm have some they have they have a way that they conduct business. The way they look at players, the way that they train their players, how they how they train them up, get them ready to play the storm way, and they go forward with that. And if you look at the spine now with Pappenhausen, Jerome Hughes, Harry Grant, you've got a hell of a spine there. And if they can find themselves a six that they really are sold on, uh, no matter if it's through free agency, because I know Jax is there, but I don't know if that's a guy that, you know, if if he was so much... Cameron Munster is brilliant. And, and to say that Cameron Munster is going to be able to side with Jerome Hughes, Kalen Ponga, and Harry Grant... And, and that these guys can stay healthy. And I know that Cameron Munster's had some some knee injuries and some niggles there over the last couple of seasons. But we've seen, even in State of Origin, not playing at 100% what that guy can do. So the Melbourne Storm, and it's going to be fun to watch because Cameron, Cameron Munster... He's been known as a party guy. He's a little wild. Him and Dustin Martin got together a little bit after their regular seasons, after their trophies and lit it up a little bit. And I didn't mean light it up as in smoking anything. I don't know what they did there. I'm just saying that they love to set the, the town on fire uh, and, and, and have a good time. But Cameron Munster's getting ready to come into a point in his career where he's going to be looked at as a leader now. The big three are gone. And to have Jerome Hughes... As a solid piece for him, a, a fullback that is going to be able to with with Pappenhausen doing fullback and Jerome Hughes being a stabilizing force at at the halfback position, you know, a, again, that is why the Melbourne Storm are not going anywhere, especially this year, because Bellyache is going to want to go out on top, and he's going to want to leave his stamp with that club with a legacy. So. Great news for Storm fans, Jerome Hughes is going to be a Storm member until at least 2024. Now I like to stay positive, you know this, you're a Adamas, I like to mix it up, I like to throw a little bit, you know, watch out, hook, hook, jab, jab, but sometimes we gotta get bad news, and bad news happens, we have to embrace it, we have to understand it, we have to know that to have the good we have to see the bad. And some sad news is broken. And that news is that, I I hate to say it this way, but everybody's second favorite club, because of the sacrifice they've made, the New Zealand Warriors, the Vodafone Warriors, whatever you want to call them, the Warriors, have had to scuttle their plans of playing and opening their, their home stint of going back home to New Zealand and playing manly on April 9th because word is just broke that the storm, excuse me, that the that the warriors are going to be up on the central coast at least until June 21st. That means that the best case scenario is that they would play a, their first home match on July 6th back in New Zealand. But with COVID and with the 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 the, the Tasman bubble, it's just not making it easy and it looks like you know, they don't want to say it, and I'm still praying that, that these guys can go home and play in front of their home fans, even though, you know, hats off to the Central Coast people for for taking in Tamworth and these places, for really taking in the Warriors and making them feel at home. Uh, but it's tough. I'm saying they're not playing in front of their, their home fans. They're not sleeping in their their own beds. They have been pretty much a transient team now for a year and some months and how it looks like now it's going to be a year and a half without going back and playing on home soil and i know that they are expecting some big things this season it is Ryder tuabaza sheck's last season with the club before he goes on to rugby union and i know he would like to leave a legacy by getting the, the, the you know the warriors into the playoffs it is you know browns first first season as coach nathan brown is there uh, and he's been running a very, very tight camp, but you know what? What happens? You know, don't forget last season. They were having to borrow players. They were having to borrow players from other NRL clubs because guys were, you know, having to go home. And you can understand that. You know, childbirths and you know, family members getting sick. So, my gosh, I just, you know, I don't care who your higher power is. But whoever they are, get on your hotline to heaven or wherever you call a special place and, and ask for a little bit of luck for the Warriors because they need it. And I cannot believe that those poor guys are going to have to, again, stay at least half the season in at the Central Coast and not be able to go home. So there we go. That is our big buzz in the NRL uh, this for this last week. Um, I know some other big stories are broken. Uh, I know Luke Carey is saying that he is going to move over to halfback and leave the five-eighth position. So that's going to be interesting to watch, especially with uh, them being a little unsure in the halves department who is going to come in there. Uh, but you know, it's I guess it's a natural transition for Luke Carey to move into being into a more controlling role uh, for the team with kicking and placement and. And, and guiding the team around the field. But I want to transition to a little Aussie rules football. A little battle. A little mixture of hate. The prison bars against the yellow sash. The yellow and black. Because last night, a lot of people were excited that the preseason was kicking off with a pretty heavyweight showdown. Between the Richmond Tigers, your defending champs against the Collingwood Magpies, who are, whew, wow, what an offseason for Collingwood. But kind of trying to come to grips and, how should I say, circle the wagons from racist allegations and and their president stepping down. Been a tough offseason for Collingwood. Well, they came to battle last night. And the Tigers got out early. The Tigers looked good early. And then the big American, Mason Cox, guy from Oklahoma, a guy that, well, heck, it had some Aussie fans singing the national anthem of the United States. Big Tex, they call him. Big Tex. Well, the Big Tex kind of led the uh, the Magpies on a rally back, and it fell short. Your defending champion, Richmond, yellow and black, prevailed 80 to 74 last night this morning, no matter depending on where you are. But a lot of people are talking about the fireworks that happened as, as big big techs tried to leave the magpies, the pies back, that there were some, there were some heated, heated altercations there. Jack Rewald got into it with with Big Tex, with Mason Cox, and then Dustin Martin was buzzing around there. And you just kind of wonder if that's the tensions already, if that is the fireworks that we're already feeling in the preseason, starting the AFL season, what's this going to be like with these clubs coming together? Because I know Richmond wants some history this year. The Tigers really want to go down as a dynasty. They want, to, they want to win four out of five years. The championship. And it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to have to take a lot of burning hunger in, their, in the pits of their stomach. It's going to have to take a big, 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 big time belief. And we know some of the offseason the Richmonds had with, you know, Dima, um, you know, leaving his wife. And just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff off the field. But. You know, you still have Kachi. You still have your captain. You still have Dustin. You still have some some key, key pieces that are still in place. That they might be the most elite team still running around on that field. And that it might be Tiger time until they say it's not Tiger time anymore. But it was really interesting to see the fight that Collingwood had. And Nathan Buckley has always been a coach and a player that is full of grit, he's full of steel, and he is not going to let his club, no matter how much and how bad the season may have ended and the offseason might have been, Nathan Buckley's not going to let Collingwood not play up to Collingwood's standard. And how they ended last season with, with you know, the, the dismantling for their last game of the season, and we won't go into in, in, in too much detail there, Pies fans, because I know it's it's brutal to think about and to feel again. But Nathan Buckley is not going to let Collingwood just become an also-ran. So maybe I shouldn't have been surprised. Maybe I should have known that that's how they were going to be knowing the, the character. And I know they've got some, they got some injuries there. Uh bottom, I think, took an injury uh, to the calf. And like I said, with preseason, the only thing you really care about is that you get your combinations together. And that you come into the regular season healthy. That's the only thing that matters. And we know with, with rugby league and Aussie Rules football, it's almost impossible for a team to enter the regular season unscathed with some type of niggle or injury. But I'm gonna tell you something right now, Shedheads. If that preseason match has anything is any type of precursor, but we're gonna see for this season, get excited because the AFL is coming and i think we we're going to have a lot of week to week uh showdowns for teams jostling to get in that top 4 and i you know i think you're going to see richmond i think you're going to see port adelaide brisbane and then who knows who else because i think there's a, about three or four teams that want to force their way into that fourth position um so Get ready! It's almost here too. I know we've got a few more weeks more of preseason football for for the uh, before the Oz, before the Aussie rules gods blow the whistle to start the season. But what a way to start it! Last night in a preseason match, uh, in a, in a Tigers victory over over the Pies. Well, we're gonna start outside the bubble, a little bit different because I don't talk about a sport that I really love, and 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 people have asked me before. If there was any 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 sport that I could coach, what sport it would be? And when I tell people the beautiful game, the frozen pond of hockey, they really are baffled. But I love hockey. I've always loved hockey since I was a kid. And as you can see, I think all this starts adding up. Every sport that I love is physical. It's in your face, uh, and you you gotta be strong. Because you're going to have to get back up. And I love it. I just have always loved the NHL. I've always loved the NHL. I wish I could say that it was my moniker and that I have it copyrighted. But I've always been a pimp for the puck. I've just loved it. It's my. It's one of my most favorite games I've ever played. Um, and, and so I'm starting out outside the bubble. Because I think when you see greatness, so no matter what sport it is, you have to... You have to call that out. And you have to honor that. And you have to be somebody that points to a player that is one of those players that all of us will always remember. And that player this week uh, is Chicago Blackhawks' Brent Seabrook. And Brent Seabrook had a great and illustrious 15-year career with the, with the Hawks, won three Stanley Cups, and he's having to retire because of injury. And I told you time and time again, uh, rugby league, Aussie rules football, NHL, NFL, uh, these sports are taxing. They're physical, uh, and you just don't know if the game you're playing today could be your last game. And even though Brent Seabrook tried as hard as he possibly could to come back to the ice and play professionally again, it just wasn't meant to be. But that does not mean that you do not show respect and honor to a gen to it a, to a player and a gentleman uh, because that's one thing that Brent Seabrook has always been called is become he's always been considered one of those good guys in the game um, and I think it shows so much because the city of Chicago all their professional teams there, the Bears, the Cubs and the White Sox and you don't see the Cubs and the White Sox ever agree on anything. Uh, but the one thing they agreed on is how great Brent Seabrook has been. So every single one of those clubs are honoring him in different ways. So that shows you the, the legacy that you've left, that other sports are talking about you and honoring you, and what you mean to that city. That shows you how great Brent Seabrook was uh, as a player. But the good thing about Brent Seabrook is I don't think this is the last time we're going to see him. I don't know if he's going to go into coaching. But I think he will always be around the Blackhawks organization. He deserves to be around the Blackhawks organization. But I definitely want to do a hats off and how they do it, the banging of the sticks against the, against the board for an illustrious career. So congratulations to Brent Seabrook and especially to Chicago Blackhawks fans that they got to watch him play and use his art of just not offensive skill but also a little bit of de- the defensive prowess. I uh, had no problem putting you in the boards when needed. So congratulations to an incredible, incredible career, uh, and and three and Stanley to Stanley Cup champion Brent Seabrook. Well, as we go on to uh, the round ball, as we would say, you know, we've been talking quite a bit about the NBA and how the NBA and, and the NRL to me did the bubble concept and the NHL. I shouldn't say that because, you know, we took the NHL out of America and put it in Canada last year, and they definitely haven't had a problem. If you want to know, let's think about this for a second. The NHL has still been going on. We all know this. But look at how barely any Canadian teams who are all staying in their own conference in Canada, there are no, there's no COVID gigantic outbreaks with teams In Canada. And I wonder why, huh? That's fascinating. But, the reason I bring that up is because we know how the bubble concept works. And we know how it doesn't work when teams are not outside, or not inside the bubble. So, you know, it's it's great to see it work in Canada still because they're not coming across into infested America, I mean, to the United States of America. So, they have been just kind of you know, plucking along, unlike some of our clubs and teams down here. But I'm going to the round ball because we know the NBA is not in a bubble right now. But the NBA is still trying to go with business as usual. And and I know they're taking a lot of precautions to make things work. But it is the halfway point of the season. And we know in the halfway point of the season that is insignificant because that means we've got the NBA All-Star game coming up. And usually it's NBA All-Star weekend. But it's just NBA All-Star Game Day this year. But they're still going to do the three-point contest. which They've got some guns in that. They're still going to do the slam dunk competition. And they're going to play the game all on the same day. But I said something before I said the game is going to be played. I said something else, Shedheads. I said that it is the halfway point of the season. And with the halfway point of the season, now that means we have to look at what teams have done. And right now. The number one team in the east. Are. Respect the process. Joel Embiid. And. Oh wait a second. I got a lot of. A lot of. A lot of southern. How should I say. Southern fans. And when I say southern fans. It's my fans. Down in Australia. Especially in Melbourne. Because. Ben Simmons. So let's not just talk about Joel. But respect the process. Embiid. Ben Simmons right there too. So you've got the Philadelphia 76ers on top in the East. And you've got everybody's loved team, the Utah Jazz, as the number one team in the West. And it's kind of funny. We ended the season with the 76ers playing the Utah Jazz. Boy, isn't the Jazz great in Utah? Man, I love listening to Jazz in Utah. Anyway, but the Utah Jazz against the 76ers. And boy, that was a, that was a title fight. That really had a NBA Finals feel, but again, the NBA officials dropped the ball, uh, couldn't put the whistles away, and again, became the talk of the game, not just Joel's big three-pointer to send it to overtime, and the other players just coming together, creating a pretty incredibly entertaining match. NBA, let's get ourselves together. Officials, I don't care about you and your little striped shirts. I want to see the talent play. Put those whistles away unless it's a foul where you really need to impose your will. But otherwise, I don't need you and your polyester pants running up and down the court acting like you're a band conductor by blowing that whistle nonstop. Please, please, let the guys play. Let the guys play. So, I, I'm really excited about the second half of the season because a lot of people are already dubbing the Brooklyn Nets, as your future uh, NBA Eastern Conference champion. And they're already saying, they're already penciling them into the championship. And I'm saying that's not the case. I, I think that if it gets into a seven-game series, I do not see the Philadelphia 76ers and Doc Rivers losing to that flashy Brooklyn Nets club. I just don't see it happening. I've watched James Harden in Houston for too many years allegedly had the best Houston Rockets team ever, and then pee down his leg a chance to go to the NBA Finals. And last time I checked, that guy still has a gigantic Quaker beard on his face, and I don't see it changing. I know he's got other pieces to, to, to pass the ball off to, but you still got Kyrie, Flat, Truth, Irving, and you got and you got Kevin Durant, who, please, would somebody tell Kevin Durant to have a good time? Why does Kevin Durant already act, always act like he's 69 years old and he's getting pissed off about his Medicare? Why is that guy always acting like that? I don't understand it. I never see him walking around with a girlfriend. Not saying he doesn't have a girlfriend. I don't know what the heck he does off the court. But maybe he needs just somebody to make him smile. Smile, KD, smile. Anyway, but I don't see that. I don't see I see Philadelphia win in the East. And I know Jazz fans says they get no respect, but uh, you get no respect here either. You're playing great basketball now, but Utah Jazz are not coming out of the West. I don't know who is yet. I don't know how healthy Anthony Davis is going to be. I know that they are really, really nervous and concerned about his Achilles and where he's got that strain, and they can't rush him back because don't talk to Golden State Warriors fans about uh rushing a player back uh KD you know because let's be honest I know my Canadian fans Canadian shed heads that you're going to say that Toronto was a great club and that Kawhi was awesome come on Raptors fans if KD doesn't go down you guys don't win the NBA championship let's just be honest Canadians you're some of my favorite people in the world but you're honest don't try to tell me that don't do that anyway so I don't know I don't know who comes out I I, you know if the Clippers stop pointing the finger at everybody else but themselves and can finish a game I still say it's the Lakers coming out of the West and what a final that'd be if we could get the Lakers and the 76ers in in a seven game series dude I'll take that every day of the week every day of the week and uh, I'm excited right now and I, I still have a second half of the season to go so, that's what I'm going to say. That's how we're going to talk about the halfway point of the NBA season. We talked about the two leaders uh, on top of the conferences right now. So, we'll have to see. But, I think the second half of the season is going to be fun. I think it's going to be, once again, where I don't know if any of us know what's really going to happen. But, I do see, uh, as long as, you know, and this all depends on who stays healthy. Uh, because, I, I, the Lakers, no way, in you know what, win the NBA championship If Anthony Davis isn't playing, no matter how great LeBron is, they do not win the championship without AD there, taking some of the pressure off LeBron. So we'll have to see, but I'm excited for the second half of the season. And we finish outside the bubble and our podcast this week by talking briefly about the fight that's coming up, that we have a chance to have another double champ. And I know some of you are huge Colin, you know, Conor McGregor fans, Conor McGregor, Conor McGregor. And Connor definitely had his run. And he definitely, how should I say, lived it to full excess when he had everybody talking about Connor McGregor. But we may be a day away from really seeing some greatness. And Israel Adesanya, tomorrow night, again to my Kiwi brethren down there, is going to fight one of his biggest fights. And some people say his most, his most taxing and dangerous fight and I would say uh, after Robert Whitaker, because Robert Whitaker is a straight-up pugilist. But Ades- Adesanya's going to fight tomorrow night. And if he wins it, we've got another double champ. We've got another double champ. But the flair this guy's got. Today in the weigh-ins, he already knew that he was coming in light. What fighter have we seen coming to the weigh-in carrying a box of pizza Knowing he's still going to be underweight and stepping on the scale holding said box of pizza, this guy is special. This guy is special, and I really hope he wins tomorrow night because I can't get enough of Israel. He's he's a special guy, and if he wins tomorrow, we get closer to maybe having a super fight between Adesanya and John Jones. And we already know John Jones already predicted <laughs> predicted Adesanya is going to lose tomorrow night. But I, I, you know, like I, like the great Ric Flair would say, to be the man, you got to beat the man. And I have not seen the guy get beat yet. And I'm not picking him to get beat until I see him get beat. So, Israel, take care of business tomorrow night. Win this. Become a double champ. And let's get some special fights this summer coming up. Let's get some special fights going. Going. Let's go. Let's get it on. But... Anyway, that is it, my shedheads, my flock, my people. Had a great time with you guys again this week. Looking forward, and I know you can still hear the excitement on my voice, but I want to let you know, uh, make sure you write this down on your calendars, on your phones, uh, that you tell your significant others to remind you. We are going to be recording next week's episode on either Tuesday or Wednesday night. But we are going to ret- we're recording early because we're going to have this episode in before the season starts, and that's pr- we're going to go back to doing it how we always have. We're going to do our episodes that you're going to be able to hear outside the sheds before we kick into that week. So uh, that weekend's play. So be looking for the podcast no later than Wednesday night, so we can how should I say go into it. Who knows? We might actually do it Thursday. Just depends. But you will have uh, the next episode of Outside the Sheds before the kickoff of the Bunnies and the Broncos for next Thursday night. So until that time, shed heads, please uh, stay out of trouble. Don't get caught. This has been Outside the Sheds. I'm your Shed Adamus, Corey Jackson. Can't wait to see you. Can't wait to talk to you. Stay out of trouble. See ya. And that was another fantastic episode of Outside the Sheds with Corey Jackson, talking all things NRL, AFL and all things sports. So please remember to smash the subscribe button and share this with your family and friends and show them what Australian sport is all about.